Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 2, Episode 211 of this study podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we begin our study of July the 27th to August the 2nd, um, covering Alma 39 to 42. And uh, well, we, we began it yesterday, but we're going to move into Alma chapter 40 today when we, as we just finish off with Alma chapter 39. What I find interesting, actually, and wonderful, at the start of Alma 39, you start to worry a little bit because Alma kind of starts making comparisons between his son Corianton and his other sons, Helaman and Shiblon. Uh, and you kind of wonder, oh, well, I mean, that's not really the best thing to, to be doing. But what what is nice is that as we get towards the end of uh, Alma 39, Alma starts to uh, move away from kind of laying out the 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 bad nature of the sins that he has done. And instead, he starts to take a different tact. He starts to move towards something else, which is, of course, related. And, of course, it was important to address the things that you've done wrong. But, um, of course, there's always a reason why people make mistakes and bad choices. There's a root of the problem, usually. What we see on the outside, it, it was kind of related to as an iceberg, as a missionary, that people who have concerns or questions or decide not to listen to the gospel anymore usually have deeper concerns. Uh, and it's the same here with Corianton. Um, and in Alma 39, uh, in verse 13, uh, you can see that Alma is now moving toward a stage where he's starting to invite him to to turn away from those those faults. Um, D. Todd Christ- Elder, Elder D. Todd, Todd Christopherson said this, quote, The invitation to repent is an expression of love. If we do not invite others to change, or if we do not demand repentance of ourselves, we fail in a fundamental duty we owe to one another and to ourselves. A, a permissive parent, an indulgent friend, a fearful church leader are in reality more concerned about themselves than the welfare and happiness of those they could help. Yes, the call to repentance is at times regarded as as intolerant or offensive and may even be resented, but guided by the Spirit, it is in reality an act of genuine caring, close quote. And as we move further into verse 17, Alma says, and now I'll ease your mind somewhat on this subject. So Alma clearly sees that there is concerns on Corianton's mind. It isn't just a case that he's a willfully rebellion son who has made really bad choices and he has indeed made really bad choices uh, as we discussed yesterday the nature of his sins but um there is more under the surface he has real concerns and real spiritual struggles that he's making at this time and alma as a as a kind of as a perceiving parent uh, has recognized this and then i love how the majority of his message chapters 40 41 and 42 they're not there to uh to kind of chastise him for his sins and to lay out the issues of the sins that he's done. He has done that, and of course he had to do that. But now the majority of his message is focused on his real needs, his real concerns and spiritual questions and struggles that he's having. In verse 1 of Alma 40, Alma says this, Now, my son, here is somewhat more I would say unto thee, for I perceive that that thy mind is worried concerning the resurrection of the dead. Um, D. Ogden Kelly and Andrew C. Skinner explained it further when they said this, quote, Alma was a model of a perceptive father who was trying to counsel and bless his son, and though through the inspiration available to all parents, he began to zero in on Corianton's real issue, a profound doctrinal question. Why was Corianton worried concerning the resurrection of the dead? Because if a person claimed that there is no life after this one and no resurrection to live forever... 
that reasoning could be used to further justify sinning. Live it up here in mortality, go after whatever your body wants here in this life, because there's nothing afterwards. It was important for Alma to resolve his son's doubt. Close quote. And here is where the context of what Corianton actually did really paints a picture as to what might have happened to this wayward son. He went after the harlot Isabel into the land of the Lamanites. And we spoke about yesterday how indeed the, the sexual nature of the things that he had done wrong was indeed a really bad thing. But what we start to understand is, is that Corianton may well have done this and made these bad choices because of a doctrinal issue, of a doctor, of a shaky foundational um, unbelief and understanding of the nature of this life, of the plan that God has for us. And of course, if he has gone into the land of the Lamanites and followed after these things and listened to the Zoramites, perhaps, um, he he may well have started to gain or, or to lose, I guess, a foundation on which he was built. Uh, and so this is the real issue here, that perhaps once this, this doctrinal issue is resolved and he is believing once again in the plan that God has for us, then the bad choices he has made will, may well start to go away. Uh, and so Alma is clearly um, aware of the importance that this is to, to resolve this issue. But what is also important um, is that Alma makes it clear throughout this discussion. And in, in Alma 40, we're going to look at how the resurrection and judgment will be important to the plan, uh, as it suggests in the manual. But there's also in Alma 40 a great theme on seeking answers to our gospel questions. Um, and I'm going to read a bit from the manual, actually, before we dive into the the main part of Alma 40. It says in the manual, sometimes we might think that prophets know the answer to every gospel question. But notice that throughout chapter 40, Alma had several unanswered questions about life after death. What did he do to find answers? What did he do when he didn't have answers? Consider how Alma's example might help you with gospel questions you have. I love this because I've I've kind of noticed Alma's um approach here and language but I've never really understood like focused in on what he does know what he doesn't know what does he do when he doesn't know something and as I've done this as I've studied Alma 40 it's quite fascinating to see what he says for example in verse 3 he says behold he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead but behold my son the resurrection is not yet now I unfold unto you a mystery nevertheless there are many mysteries which are kept that no one knoweth them save God himself but I show unto you one thing which I have inquired diligently of God that I might know, that is concerning the resurrection. So Alma has clearly is, is saying to his son, look, I was in your position. No, I didn't know everything. I don't know everything. There are many things that God knows that I do not know. But there is one thing that I do know concerning what you've spoken about. And it is this uh, about the resurrection. And then he goes on to say that there is a time when all shall come forth from the dead. Um. And when this time comes, no one knows. And then he says in verse five, this is brilliant. Now, whether there be, and now whether there shall be a one time or a second time or a third time that men shall come forth from the dead, it mattereth not. For God knoweth all these things. And it sufficeth me to know that this is the case, that there is a time appointed that all shall rise from the dead. Now, I love this because Alma, what he's actually saying here is partially not, not, correct not because he's you know not not because he uh, is saying things wrong on purpose or he, he you know he's got an answer and he's disregarding it he just hasn't received this answer yet about when people shall be resurrected um he says that all shall rise from the dead yes 
but he says that there is a time appointed that all shall rise from the dead. He's saying that, well, perhaps it's all done at once. And then he also said in verse five, whether there's a first time, then a second time, then a third time, doesn't matter. I know that all people will rise from the dead at some point. And then he kind of reinforces that further by saying in verse eight, now, whether there is more than one time appointed for men to rise, it mattereth not, for all do not die at once. And this mattereth not, all as is one day with God, and time is only measured unto men. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland um, kind of supported Alma in this by saying, the great challenge of our lives is usually not meditating on what we once were or wishing on what we yet may yet become, but rather living here in this present moment as God would have us live. Fortunately, Christ can be in that moment for each of us since all things are present before him and time is only measured unto men, close quote. The reality is, is that in you know, in this restored dispensation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we do know that there are going to be different times of resurrection. There's going to be the morning of the first resurrection, the afternoon of the first resurrection, the morning of the second resurrection, and we know to whom this resurrection will come. Um, you know, it, it relates to the celestial, the terrestrial, and the telestial resurrections. But for Alma, at this stage, he didn't know this, and his son clearly had questions over it, and he said to his son, look, I don't know exactly, you know, how all that works, but I know that all people, whoever they are, will be resurrected. Um, and so it's great to see how Alma has clearly searched diligently to find answers to certain questions. And yet he is still wrestling with some questions that he doesn't know the answer to. And that is really refreshing to see. This is an open, vulnerable, honest discussion with his son. Um, and perhaps Alma did find out those answers later in his life before he uh, before he moved on from this life. But um, I think we can learn a really good pattern here of being open and uh, sharing our honest insights and thoughts with our children. Anyway, we are coming up to 10 minutes, so I'm going to leave it there. Uh, but thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study session. If there's anything you've studied um, that you'd like to share, um, then please share it or any comments on what we shared today. Uh, you can share it on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And there is obviously the, um, the email, which you can um, send an email to, which is ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Please give any feedback there. And please let me know if you're enjoy interested in joining on a future podcast episode via Zoom. Just send an email saying, hey, I'm interested. That's all it needs to say. And I'll take it from there and uh, explain how we can make it work. It's really easy. It takes you half an hour out of your day. Uh, and it'd be wonderful to get some more guest um study study buddies uh, later uh, in future podcast episodes thank you for listening and until we meet again 